0: We got a hot hand for y'all tonight on Push to Shout, the only gaming podcast on the internet. Skippy... I prepared for that energy. This is a high energy podcast, if you couldn't tell. Um, what's up? Skip, how's it hanging?
1: No- nothing's up. I I haven't done shit. Since the last podcast, I haven't done anything. I, nothing th- there's, at all. There's n- well, I've done things, but nothing worth talking about on a ostensibly video game focused podcast okay uh, well nice scarf
0: <laughs> yeah thanks So an alaskan blanket <laughs> scarf um you flipped that over very dramatically <laughs> but have you done anything tangentially well related okay to so um video no, games but film i will electronic say what media
1: i will just i'll just go over the things that uh that i've done since the last podcast i went to the beach uh seaside over the weekend okay uh, with some friends, we had a wedding to go to. I wasn't and aware was Alabama fine. had a beach. <sighs> uh, we actually went to Florida, but yes, Alabama oh, does uh, have some okay. beaches. Um, because it, it has the little tail; it has like the little fish tail right oh, really? at the bottom. Oh, really? It meets yeah, the sea. Yeah, where Mobile is, and it meets the sea. Yeah. Okay. I've never been to an Alabama beach, but Gulf. The Gulf of Mexico is a very nice place to go. Um, it is. It's, it's a nice beach.
0: I lived down there when I lived in Houston. And we went down to the Gulf Coast uh, yeah. and yeah. No oily pelicans. It was all very clean and nice. Yeah. It was cleaner yeah, uh, than the um beaches on the east coast that I've usually I, been I've to. I've been
1: to I've been to um I've been to Pacific beaches and I've been to Atlantic beaches, and the Gulf Coast is definitely better than both in my opinion. I mean Pacific beaches are nice. Um but the Gulf Coast is has like that really like clear water and it's it's relatively like calm and it's just pleasant.
0: <laughs> Nothing um, like catching some rays under that pack sun, you know.
1: Yeah. Um. So other than that, uh, I was showing my friend while we were down at the beach. Actually, one night we watched. We were waiting for someone to come over or something like that, and we we were, we watched a couple episodes. I, I had Archer on just to have something on. And then I, I I mentioned, I asked him if he'd seen Frisky Dingo. Have you ever seen Frisky Dingo?
0: I saw a couple seconds of it, but I heard it's good. It's good. It's by,
1: I guess, a lot of the same people who do Archer. And um, especially it,
0: the creator, yeah. Yeah,
1: it, it's the same kind of animation style, but, like, way low budget. Um, And even, like, one of the characters is basically Archer. Uh, And I think it's better.
0: Better it, it's than different. Archer.
1: Yeah, it's different. Um, It's maybe a little less... I don't know. It's, it's the, the humor is way more fast paced. It's like joke after joke after joke. And, uh, it, it's a shorter series in general. I, it, I don't know. It's different, but it's, I like it a lot and I highly recommend it. It's, it's very funny. Um, just the first episode will get you a good idea of the kind of humor it is and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I it's hard to explain to someone, so I won't even bother, but yeah, go check out Frisky Dingo if you like Archer. Cause it's, it's, it is really good. Um, and other than that, the only other thing I've watched is Game of Thrones and Formula 1. The Formula 1 race was at Spain, and the Mercedes, who are the dominant cars, who actually had a chance at having a perfect season where they would be 1-2 every single race, crashed each other out in the first lap.
0: Ooh. Which
1: was crazy. Crazy! Okay. Uh, and then an 18-year-old named Max Well, Oh, I, I heard about this. Yeah, so like, what happened was, so you've got Red Bull. Red Bull has two teams in Formula One, which is kind of insane. So they have four cars because each team has two cars. They have their main team called Red Bull, and then they have their secondary team called Toro Rosso, which means Red Bull. Um, and the the other, the secondary team is kind of like the developmental league almost. Like they don't do quite as well as Red Bull. They do okay, and they they're kind of like training their their drivers to move them up to the main team, and. One of the Red Bull drivers is a new guy who's pretty young named uh, Kvyat. He's, a, friend, he's a, a Russian guy, Russian driver. And he caused a wreck. He caused a couple wrecks in a row over the span of a couple races. And they demoted him to the secondary team and then promoted an 18-year-old named Max Verstappen from the secondary team to the primary team. And he won the race which is kind of insane. Uh, Like, literally nobody would ever bet on that. Like, it was just, like, Red Bull in general isn't really slated to win any races. Like, last season was awful for Red Bull. They've been on terribly, so it's insane. He he beat, so he raced against and beat the guy who came in second place, Kimi Raikkonen, who started F1 when he was three years old. Kimi Räikkönen started F1 when Max Verstappen was three years old. So he was racing oh, oh. against someone. I thought you meant
0: like a three-year-old driver. No, no, three-year-old
1: <laughs> did not drive F1. I know how that came out. That's why I clarified. Um, Got it. But yeah, like it was kind of crazy like just seeing like the feeling that he must have of like after the race, they, they showed Kimi Räikkönen shaking his hand and saying, good race. And it's like this is a guy that you've been watching race as you grow up and who won a championship when you were – Let's see, that was 2007, so he would have been probably like 8 years old when Kimi Raikkonen won his world championship. It's just weird. It's crazy. I, I, I like F1. F1's not the best kind of racing. I don't have anything else to talk about, so I'll talk about it a little bit more. Okay. It's, it's not the best kind of racing, and I'll tell you why. F1, to go so fast, I mean, they really are the fastest cars in the world, uh, rely heavily on aerodynamics so that they can get around the corners. They have a ton of grip because their car is just being pushed into the ground. It's literally an upside-down airplane. Like, the lift goes down instead of up. Uh, they have so much air dynamics that if they're following each other, which often happens when you're racing, you're, like, right behind someone else, if you're the car behind, you're getting what they call dirty air. You're getting air that has already gone over all their wings, and so you're not getting the best airflow for the downforce, and so... When you're going around a corner at the same speed as them, you're scrubbing off all your tires, you're burning them up, or you're just not able to go around the corner as fast, which means you can't keep up with the person in front of you around corners, which means the racing isn't all that great all the time, because you don't get that exciting stuff happening in the corners, because generally, they fall back like a second or a second and a half in order to get better air, in order to save their tires. And it's just, it's more about the meta strategy of like, all right, how are we going to Put, how are we going to do this race? When are we going to push? What kind of tires are we going to use? And when are we going to do pit stops? Which is interesting, but it's not exciting. Um, so that makes F one not quite as exciting as like, if you want exciting races, check out Australian V eight supercars. They are unbelievably exciting. They bump into each other and all that shit. Like they're just they're just like they're just V eight cars with.
0: Is there a bumper car league?
1: This is as close as you'll get. Okay. They, they, I, I've watched a few races of VA supercars. I want to get more into it because it, they're always running into each other. It's great. Um, they're very, like, kind of resilient cars, and so they can kind of afford to be a little crazy with them. But anyway, that's my, that's my non-video game-related update. That's all I have to say.
0: Okay. I have stuff to talk about. I have a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff I'm excited to talk about. I'm going to move one at a time. I'll start with Berserk. Did I talk about Berserk at all last yes, podcast? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I read a whole lot more of it, and I'm, I'm in love. I'm just in love, man. It's good to hear. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, I only read it because of Dark Souls. I heard that it heavily inspired a lot of what's in Dark Souls, um, but now it's just taken on its own thing. I don't even think Dark Souls when I think Berserk now. Um, yeah. The detail in every panel of that manga is yeah. You showed me some panels incredible. after the last
1: podcast, and yeah. I was very impressed.
0: It's um, it's unreal how detailed it is, and you could just, of course, have a manga like that where the art is really detailed and it doesn't have a whole lot going for it. But it's a very very simple thematic struggle. Um, each arc is like not self-contained because it is a continuous story. But there's absolutely no fluff or filler. It is every issue and chapter is, you know, an essential piece of the story that feels interesting, and it's so dynamic. There's lots of movement and action, but not too much. The characters are very well developed. Um, the character development is sort of a buzzword in um, anime people just kind of use that as a catch-all substitute yeah. for, for plot or story, but it. Uh, I'm trying to use the term literally there, where the characters start somewhere and move somewhere else, but yeah. still kind of maintain the same essence, and I mean, I'm just, I'm really, really loving Berserk. Um, I, I, You know, so, something that long really easily has the potential to lose its way. I mean, this has mm. been going since before 1990. I think it came out in, like, 1989. And wow. It's, yeah. And that. it's still going. And he Holy releases shit. only, like, one issue or so every eight months. It takes him forever to put these together. But it shows, because <laughs> yeah. the amount of effort shines in every single chapter, and, um, you know, no corners are cut. And it's just astonishing that it can go on that long and not lose focus. It's yeah, very, very really tight, a tight story with very clear stakes. Um, it's really, really impressive. I think there's only been one issue or so where it, I felt like it was losing me for a little bit, and then it was over. Like As soon as you feel, okay, I'm kind of ready to move on to the next thing, it just moves on to the next thing. So, yeah. yeah it's a very, very well-told story, and I can t- easily see why I would inspire somebody like Miyazaki to Create a lot of the things he created, especially in Bloodborne. Um, the you know that like rune. There's lots of runes in Bloodborne, but you know the one that like loads and it's the almost. I don't know. It's like a diamond with a line going through it. I do know that almost exactly, but with one little more bit is the rune from Berserk. Um, it's more than just an homage i think that was like the primary inspiration for a lot of miyazaki's creative work
1: yeah in some places it's really obvious if you look up like comparisons between berserk and dark souls there's direct like the bone wheel skeletons and stuff like that are like very obviously uh directly influenced Um, yeah
0: so yeah berserk is cool that's what i want to say about berserk um i went back And played Bloodborne, the old Hunters DLC. Yay. Yeah. And at first I was about to say, I don't know why it took me so long to go back and finish it, but I do know why. It's because I attempted the first boss, Ludwig the Accursed, um, months ago, back when it came out. And um, I thought you beat him. No. He beat me. Really? He beat me like five or ten times or so, which is not usually when I would give up, but the reason I kind of put it down was because he had so much health. Yeah. I was on New Game Plus 3, and I've done New Game Pluses and Plus 2s and Plus 3s. I think I haven't gone Plus, plus 5, but um, I do the New Game Plus thing in all of these games, and Bloodborne, by a mile, has the most intense scaling of enemy health and boss health in the New Game Pluses. Yeah. Um It is absolutely absurd how long it takes to kill bosses in New Game Plus 3 in Bloodborne. Um, So, yeah, it's a very, very difficult boss fight, that that first part of it. But that, coupled with the amount of health he had, it really just kind of turned me off to it, and I put it down for months. But I went back to it and started a new character and said, okay, I'm going to play through the game and just get to the boss, but then somebody told me, oh, until you're, like, level 60 or 70, it's not even worth going to the DLC, because it's so, so hard. And yeah. at that point, I just said, okay, I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna do it on New Game Plus 3. It was really fucking difficult. It took a long, long time, or at least it, not all that much time, but a lot of perseverance. Um, yeah, That first boss was like a wall. I was throwing myself up against it, and... I'm really glad I pushed through, because that boss, the first boss in the DLC, might be the best boss in the series. Um, Ludwig the Accursed, and then the second phase of it, Ludwig the Holy Blade, just fantastic on every level you can think of. Just Mechanically, the music is probably the best in the series, and this replaying the Bloodborne DLC, or finally finishing it, whatever you want to say, I started a new character and played the Cleric Beast again, um, the music in that game it makes you wish that Dark Souls Three had an orchestral soundtrack, just because of how good <laughs> that is. Of course, that fits
1: the tone of Bloodborne a little better than Dark Souls Three. I mean, well, I don't know has, about better
0: because Dark Souls Three has like synthesized orchestral instruments.
1: I I don't notice the difference, but um, but Bloodborne the orchestra part of the soundtrack is more important, given the fact that like. It's I mean Dark Souls has a lot of this, but Bloodborne it more so feels like the, the the focus on like the chapel part of, of it, like the the religious aspect or not even religious might be the wrong word, but like that style permeates through the entire game and Dark Souls you spend a lot of time in chapels, but it doesn't have that theme to it that Bloodborne does, I feel. Um that it needs the music to, to perfectly rep, replicate that. Um,
0: yeah. And yeah, I like Star Souls 3's soundtrack a whole lot, Star Souls 3's soundtrack was really good, especially the leaked DLC music. That Vort? Might... I know you really like that, but Vort <laughs> Vort's was great the too.
1: Boreal Valley is the best theme. He is just the best. I love it. <laughs> I wish that boss was crazier just so... I mean, it was a good boss, but it's an easy boss. I wish it was a little harder so that that theme actually like had an impact, but it's still really awesome when that second half kicks in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's going to be controversial opinions in here. Oh boy. I'm pretty sure that the Old Hunters DLC is the best content in the series. Oh, okay. Wow. Um it's just it's really tight all the way through. I I mean that and Artorius of the Abyss are probably like the two contenders for best content in the series. Um like not just that first boss, which is incredible. The pacing of that have you seen that boss fight? The its second yes. phase and everything?
1: Just the Lud- Lud- you're talking about Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Really yeah. well done. It is a very good I love the 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 cinematic at the beginning and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool the cinematic cool at the boss. beginning,
0: the cinematic in the middle too. Yeah.
1: yeah. When
0: I, I don't know, I was the, It's been a long time since I've actually devoted devoted any mental effort to like lure theorizing about these games. Um, Even Dark Souls 3 kind of serves some of this stuff up to you, but I was thinking why Ludwig transforms there, and I put together my own little theory here. I think... Are you going to put the
1: body voice on for this?
0: The blood (laughs) drives men mad. (laughs) I think... Okay, so the blood makes the people crazy, right? And Ludwig's a beast when you meet him. And once you hurt him enough... Once you make him bleed enough, then he's able to kind of tap into some sanity for a little bit. I think it's because Mm. you... The bloodletting, right? That he has less of that blood in him. Right. Which allows him to kind of... I don't know. That's completely conjecture, but I I like to think that's true. Not
1: completely. That makes sense. Because that's that's a theme. That's a heavy theme in Dark Souls, right? I mean, the blood is what gives you that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 not Dark Souls, Bloodborne, but I, I, I like Bloodborne's world a whole lot. I, I almost feel like, I'm, d- I was definitely more interested in Bloodborne's world than Dark Souls 3's world, oh, yeah. although I like Dark Souls 3's world a lot. Um
0: Bloodborne felt like you were discovering a whole new thing. Yeah, Bloodborne thing. has a, had
1: a lot more to discover, and I mean, that, that's, I mean, Dark Souls 3, it's not necessarily Dark Souls 3's fault, because it's just a, it's a sequel, so obviously you're, you're already working on stuff you kind of already know, but, um but Bloodborne had some deep mysteries that yeah. that it had that... It was it was the perfect kind of setting for, for the kind of mysterious unveiling of details that they do yeah, in those games. Yeah, and
0: that is so essential to the themes of that game, too. Yeah. Like, the yeah. insight the, the into unknown the things. Ones and all yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm really glad I powered through that boss. Then you get to the research hall, and the research hall is just thick atmosphere all the way through. You're just, you're wandering through this winding spiral. It's not really a library. There's, like, research laboratories off on the different floors Mm -hmm. and these terribly deformed test subjects with... They don't have heads. They have, like, these amorphous blobby things where their brains are sort of being, like, experimentally converted into, like... I don't know what you would call them, access points into the old knowledge against their will. And they're care-tended by, um, by this Maria woman that you don't know much about, but they all like call out her name and seem to like her. And you wander into these rooms, and some of them are begging for you to kill them. And God, that whole area is so well done. Just like everything in the DLC is very, very well done. Um, a boss called the Living Failures. Not much to say about that boss specifically, but I just think the name's funny, Living Failures. But, but after that... My life. After that, <laughs> you fight Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. And God, that boss... Fucking A+. That's like a Hunter vs. Hunter fight, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's the voice actress of the doll. Looks a lot like the doll. Heavily implied to be the the woman who Gurman, the first hunter, loved, um, and based the doll off of, mm-hmm. but the doll obviously doesn't have her spirit, and he she only resembles her. Um, the fight against Maria is very very intense. I watched a video of somebody fighting her on New Game, not New Game Plus, anything, and it seems a lot easier on New Game, obviously, but. On New Game Plus 3, it was really, really intense. That it's so fast, and she, like, stabs herself and gets her sword, start shooting blood out everywhere, and she explodes yeah. with blood. And But the lore itself of that character, she was opposed to the blood arts at first, and then she kind of started using them and then felt ashamed of it. It's, it's a nice little self-contained story there. But the killer of this whole DLC, the thing that ties it all up, is the hardest boss in the entire series, by a mile, the Orphan of Kaz. at the very end of the DLC, absolute insanity in a boss fight. This guy, he has a placenta as a weapon, this huge <laughs> like <laughs> I don't I know' that's like, like a whip. Yeah, he's got this massive placenta that's almost like a club, but he's got his umbilical cord, and he swings it around like a lasso, and... Alright. That (laughs) boss fight, ungodly difficult. And I've played every game in the series. I like to think I'm pretty good at them, you know, relatively. (laughs) Yeah. That gave me as much trouble as my first time trying to fight Orange Jane and Spell in Dark Souls 1. I mean it's so intense and you have no room to fuck up. Yeah. Uh, and especially on New Game Plus 3 where he just has so much health, like an ocean of health. But th- the satisfaction of finally finally after dozens of tries beating that boss is it's a feeling i haven't felt with this series in a while. Um, like Dark Souls Three, I enjoyed a lot, and Bloodborne even I enjoyed a lot. But nothing really captured that same feeling of beating Orange, Median, and Mo for the first time like I did yeah. in Dark Souls One. Like that was the major roadblock, and there hadn't been a roadblock that tough since then. And no. this this is the challenge. If you're a veteran of the series and you really want to <laughs> recapture that feeling of okay, how the hell am I gonna beat this guy? That's orphan of cause. Like the fight itself, I don't think is as fun as Maria or Ludwig, but the challenge of it it speaks for itself. So, right. old hunters DLC overall fantastic. Really loved it. I wish I played it sooner.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it took you that long to play it.
0: Yeah, I can't believe it took me that long to play it either. I mean, I understand why I didn't play it, but yeah, you know. And plus, I don't know what it is, but like games on PS4. I'm just not, or consoles in general. I'm not all that into just firing up and playing because you have to yeah, just I mean, do Yeah, for me, it's a and... different
1: process. It's a different process, and yeah, it just it's it's just one of those things where it's like you feel like when, with the PC, it's like it's already at your fingertips, and you can just yeah, launch it yeah. and go. And and with the PS4, for me at least, it's like I go into a separate room. It's like not even. Uh, it just feels like I have to dedicate time to it. So. Yeah,
0: at college. I had my PS4 under my desk, and I had a very, very small room. Uh, and so there was no room for me to put the PS4 anywhere except directly by my feet. And so I would have to, like, crawl underneath my desk and, like, hook stuff yeah. up. And it was, yeah, not not a very easy process, or I guess it is, but not a very convenient process. Um, anyway, speaking of PS4, I played, I finished Uncharted 2, and Do I you finished have the Uncharted, Uncharted 3. collection? Are you playing the HD? My friend Nick lent me the Uncharted collection. Okay. And I'm going to give it back to him this week, because now I finished it. Um, I didn't pl- replay Uncharted 1, but I didn't really have an interest in doing that. I played that yeah. when it came out. Um, okay, so... People say... The, the charlatans will tell you that Uncharted 2 is the best game.
1: Yes, I've heard that. Do not yes. believe
0: their lies. Okay. I'm actually not sure if Uncharted 3 is any better, but Oh my god. Oh my god. These games have so much padding. I can't stand it. Right. It is criminal how padded these games are. Hmm. Um the entire second half, I'd say, of Uncharted 2 is bad. Huh. Like, okay. The Big think of opinions. the think of the premise of these Uncharted games. They're like fun Indiana Jones style cinematic action platformers with shooting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what the whole first half of Uncharted 2 is. Top notch, awesome, cinematic platforming, action, with some shooting. However, after you kind of catch up with where the story started in Medius Rest and then you flash back and once mm-hmm. you catch up with where you started at the very beginning on the train. Once you escape the train, like the rest of the game, the, the ice cave was kind of cool, but uh, the rest of the game is basically super slow-paced cover shooting with waves and waves of enemies, many of them wearing body armor, so they take a ton of shots to kill, really adding nothing. Um, you can die very, very quickly, which you know, some might say, "Oh, well, that's difficulty," but no, because in these games, when you die, you respawn like a second before where you were. So yeah. I just I don't see the point. I don't see the point of these games being difficult. I mean, if you, if they wanted to be a genuine like shooting challenge, then one they would need to tighten up the cover mechanics a lot. Yeah, because you can just really easily get trapped like switching between cover like. Whoo, whoo, accidentally, just trying to move away from cover. And, you know, it's just not the best cover shooter. It's, prob- it's the best cinematic platformer, but it's not the best cover shooter. Which is very odd that it became a cover shooter for the entire second half. Yeah. Uh, the final boss, you're running around in circles for like 15 minutes, shooting tree sap when a Russian walks near it. It's just stupid. The entire second half of the game is fucking stupid and bad and anybody who disagrees can suck my knob.
1: <laughs> um, that's something that um Call of Duty, the single-player campaigns, at least of the ones I've played, which were the Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1 did a pretty good job of it too. Um, pacing. And not giving you too much, ironically as it is, considering it's a video game, not giving you too much gameplay. Not trying to... Give you these challenges where it's like, oh well, now it's a video game. It's not just a, it's not just an experience, which is what really you're going to that kind of thing for is the experience, not not like the challenge. It's not a Dark Souls game. It's 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 a, it's an experience. Um, and Call of Duty is very good at pacing that stuff. And I've noticed, I don't know what it is about third-person cover shooters, but a lot of them overstay their welcome. I feel like a yeah. lot of them fall into that that trope of like. Oh, here's a big arena. Here's a big fight. Yep. Even Max Payne 3, which I loved, uh, had some instances where it was like, okay, I'm kind of tired of shooting people at this point. Like, move on to the next thing. Like, this is too big of a fight. It's too long of a fight. Um, uh, not Gears of War. Gears of War did an okay job. Um, Spec Ops, the line. I haven't played it, so I'm not speaking from experience here. But from the footage of that game, it's a Gears of War clone, and that's not something I want to play at all. And as much as I've heard yeah. great things about the the the, the storyline of that game, and even like the meta narrative of like, oh, it's 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 a Gears of War clone on purpose because it's kind of like a uh, almost like a critique of that kind of game. I don't care. I don't want to play that part of the game. Yep. And so that's that stopped me. I own that game, and I've never played it, because that, I just don't want to play that kind of game at all. Period.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the second half of Uncharted 2 is, like, the worst of cover shooting, best of album. Um, yeah. Like, there's just random, chest-high walls that don't have any particular environmental reason to be there, just strewn about. and then it's you, shit. you just know that there's gonna be enemies coming at you at that yeah. point, and um, there, There's a sequence when you're trying to cross a bridge and just wave after wave of enemies come pouring out of this little building like a clown car. In, it is in defense, unforgivable.
1: Eh, well, in defense of the game, uh, Devil's Advocate here, uh, I think that game came out like around the time that games like Gears of War were really popular. Like It was... During that era, that was a more accepted kind of trope.
0: It doesn't matter. And, <laughs> I, know, and plus, and I agree, plus, it's not Gears of, War, way, Gears of War, but... you can take a lot more hits. Right. I think they just needed to give you... I played the game on normal. There's more difficulties above that, obviously, that I, I don't understand why anyone would want to play. Because all that means is you die faster and enemies take more damage, and that is not fun. Um, I should have just played on easy, I probably would have enjoyed it more. The fact is that when you die that fast, but you respawn immediately where you left off, there is no challenge, it's just yeah. a waste of time. and I, I it, You can't justify it, Gears of War at least let you take more hits. Um, so yeah, that's Uncharted 2, fucking shit for the second half. Uncharted 3 people say is worse than Uncharted 2, I'm not really sure. I think Uncharted 2 had the best single action set piece, the train. Not the f- hanging from the train, but actually moving through the train as the train is um, moving its way through the Southeast Asian countryside, and I, it's really hard to spot any repeated environment that you're passing. Mm. It's just a very, very well-done sequence. And then you kind of, like, push guards off of the train, and they fall down to the side, and, you know, you can push them into, the, like, the railway signs, and it's cool. Yeah, But, uh, Uncharted three did not have the same pacing problems. There's one pretty egregious sequence by the end. I don't know why all of these games decide to be this way by the end, but um, it's it's like a natural law. Like, un- yeah. uncharted games have to have a bunch of stupid padding at the end. I, I it's been a while since I played the first one, but I remember that being the case too, uh, where all these zombie things come at you and you just have to fire bullets at them until they die and it's stupid but uncharted 3 didn't have like the entire second half be weighed down by that kind of thing um, it kept its quality consistent all the way through I think um, nothing quite as good as the train but still some of the action set pieces like when you're on a sinking cruise ship and it's like turned and yeah, you're kind that of was three the the demonstration yeah, yeah yeah it's a really cool set piece because that scenario is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, the the setup of that scene is that you infiltrate the cruise ship all the way down into like the bottom of the hull. So you are totally down as far as you can get in this cruise ship. And then it starts to sink. Yeah. And if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know how labyrinthine they can be and when water's pouring in from all sides and you're standing on, like, the wall and jumping up to grab a door by the hinges and swing from it like a like monkey bars. It's it's just a really cool sequence overall, really claustrophobic and intense. Like, yeah. the only standout, terrible parts of that game are this one enemy at the beginning of the cruise ship that takes... I, I think you can't kill it any other way than waiting for a grenade launcher guy to come through and kill him and shoot him, it takes infinite bullets. I I tried this. 150 AK-47 bullets, directly to the head, didn't miss a shot, no reaction, not even a flinch of animation, nothing. That is an absolutely ridiculous enemy, but it wasn't too bad, it only took me like three tries. Um, and then the other bad part is at the end, of course, where... Nathan Drake's hallucinating, and there's all these guys with flaming heads who kill you almost immediately and warp around so you can't actually use the cover that the game's mechanics demand. So you basically have to wait to get lucky for the enemies to warp to places where they can't shoot you, and then run around the arena looking for explosives. But that even that's a really short sequence. I think overall, Uncharted 3 does a lot better job at pacing itself, um, and people complain About the quick time event boss fight, which I know, like, a quick time event final boss is a stupid idea. Like, just on paper. Yeah, yeah. On paper and in practice, it's just dumb. However, a minute long final boss that's a quick time event is way preferable than 15, 20 minutes arduous running around in circles shooting tree sap. Um, Really, really, these games don't need final bosses. Cinematic platformers have no need for a final boss. Like, that clashes yeah. with the mechanics on a fundamental level. But if you're going to have one, God, at least make it painless and short. I don't know. I think I enjoyed my time with Uncharted 3 more consistently all the way through.
1: Are you going to play Uncharted 4?
0: I kind of want to.
1: I've heard very good things about
0: it. I've heard very good things, too. I'm not sure I want to pay 60 bucks. Yeah. Maybe, once I get a job. Which is in the works. But, you know. Alright. Yeah, so that's Uncharted. Really really good games, overall. I, I've been complaining a lot about them, but... Um, that's only because not enough people do.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, those are pretty universally praised games. Um... It's yeah. That's yeah. it.
0: Um. Yeah, I guess what kind of bothers me is that people say Uncharted Two is like a ten out of ten. Yeah. And Uncharted Three is not as good, but still like a nine out of ten or something like that. And you know, rating scales are what they are. But if I had to like score these games, like tops seven. Really? Tops because they they just they drag on too much yeah. to ignore. Yeah. You can't ignore that. Uh. But I've heard that Uncharted 4's padding doesn't take the form of cover shooting. It takes the form of walking cutscenes. Which, you know what? I'm okay with. So long as I'm not going to be stuck behind cover, gunning down wave after wave of completely um, generic bad guys. Like, you know, that's fine. These games are at their best when they're moving, when they're talking... And if that's how they pad it out, then fine. Yeah. Okay, All right. that's Uncharted.
1: What um, about Salt and Sanctuary?
0: Okay, yeah, I, I've been, I've been uh, dishing out topics for a while, so I didn't know if you had something else you wanted to talk about. But Nothing. Okay, Salt and Sanctuary. I just picked this up a few hours before we started this podcast. Um, if you're not aware, Salt and Sanctuary is a basically Dark Souls... But 2D—that's the best way to describe uh, yeah. the game.
1: Uh, it's a Souls-like game.
0: Souls-like.
1: It's not a—it's not a Souls Born. I like Souls-like more than Souls Born. Souls Born. I don't like the so word
0: Souls Born at all. I really the, don't the like The thing
1: it. I don't like about Souls Born is that Bloodborne wouldn't exist without the like. It Dark Souls created that genre. Bloodborne is just a game that uses that genre. I—I I don't know why Bloodborne deserves to be in that category like it deserves to be right, part right, of the right. genre
0: it's not the genre definer in any way the souls
1: series is the you know definer. dark souls and demon souls
0: we we say roguelike all the time rogue was a, a game that very <laughs> few people have played and roguelike is now a ubiquitous term I'm okay with souls like just being the term that yeah it, I think it, it, it pains Souls-like me way less than saying I don't souls
1: like doesn't pain me at all. And I hope that it becomes an actual like I hope it becomes popular enough for people to use oh, yeah. it because I think I think there's uh, Lords of the Fallen, my favorite Souls, uh, but I do think that there's a lot of uh, room for creativity with that kind of game. Uh, like basically, what you're saying is it's a combat-focused, uh, challenging RPG game. Like I think that's a that's a pretty broad yeah, combat-focused
0: that is a it's certain kind not of combat, as like dependent a slow-paced combat. right. Well, I don't think it has to not be a hack slow. And slash. Bloodborne proved that it doesn't have to be slow, but... At, but Bloodborne, at least, okay, Bloodborne wasn't slow, but it's... Okay, careful. How about careful? Like, you have to...
1: Like, it's as much yeah, defensive as yeah, yeah. offensive. Punishing um, but it's not a hack and slash.
0: Dependent more on skill than stats, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all of those fit. Salt and Sanctuary, I'm enjoying a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I saw it pop up on Steam. I think it just recently came out on PC. It's been out on PS4 and Vita, I think, for a while. Uh, and I kind of figured, okay, it'll scratch the itch a little bit, but it's not going to be all that, you know, special. And still, you know, it's not, it's not Dark Souls, but it's, it's really fun. I'm enjoying myself a lot. Uh, the areas are cool. The, um, mechanics are really tight. I was surprised by how polished the game feels overall to play and to move and...
1: Um, I saw some video of it, and it looked very good. Um, I wanted to check it out. I don't. My only problem with it would be that, like, with two D slide scrolling games in general, I just have trouble becoming invested in them. Like, they still they feel so video gamey.
0: Uh,
1: Maybe that's a bad word for it, but like,
0: I don't did know. you ever I, play I, the Castlevania I, games growing up?
1: No, not really. I remember I got a Castlevania game and and hated it. I <laughs> really? Hated
0: it. What Castlevania? And I don't know hated? why I hated it. I just Which did.
1: Um, I think I would enjoy it a lot more now than I did then. It was one of the. I want to say it was a mobile game, uh, but an early one, like for a Game Boy or
0: something. Aria of sorry. Did, did they?
1: I don't know. I have no was idea. It with
0: the white hair guy. Is I... that?
1: All I remember is there was a whip and skeletons, and that's not very descriptive.
0: (laughs) Well, my first Castlevania game was was Dawn of Sorrow on the DS, and that, I would later learn, is kind of just uh, not really a sequel, but just kind of a, not a rehash either, but it's just a Symphony of the Night-style game. Like, Symphony Mm -hmm. of the Night is the game that sort of turned Castlevania in a new direction. And Dawn of Sorrow is kind of like that, but it, there was just so much to it at the time. I remember, like, I think it was 10 or so, and I was just amazed by how big the game was, and there was this huge yeah. castle that you could explore and all these little secret areas, and you get these new powers and go back and explore new areas. And
1: See, I uh, think at the point that I was playing that kind of game, I had already played some open-world 3D games that blew uh, my fucking mind, and so going back to 2D yeah, games... Tough was tough especially as a kid who can't appreciate any kind of nuance it's like well it's i mean obviously it's not as good as you know grand theft auto 3 or what you know whatever like the 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 games that i was comparing it to that that felt more uh open and alive to me uh nowadays i can appreciate it a little more but even but even now it it still is I, i still do feel like i can't get invested as much in a two D two D scroll side scrolling world as I could in a three D world, you know, I, I there's just not as that. much to explore there. It, it has to be so abstract. Th-
0: that might and just I be... like a certain
1: level of abstraction, but not quite to that point.
0: That might come down to the way you're primed to enjoy video games, like from a
1: very yeah from like a really young yeah. age. Yeah, definitely, I I agree. Yeah,
0: because I I mean, Cave Story is one of my favorite games. Yeah, and. That is a 2D side-scroller, and a lot of my favorite games are 2D side-scrollers, now that I think about them. I've Uh, always... Yeah, I grew up playing 3D games, definitely. I I was kind of a mix of both. So, I don't know. I've I've got that soft spot in my heart for 2D, and I'm totally willing to buy into a 2D world like that. Yeah.
1: And Uh, even if I wasn't playing a 3D game, I was playing a top-down 2D game that, like still felt more more three-dimensional you know than uh yeah yeah, like like top-down rpgs or or uh command and conquer that kind of thing so
0: lease is a pretty rare side-scrolling rpg you don't see that very often but anyway sultan sanctuary very cool uh i mean it it does what it says on the tin very well um there is Dark Souls mechanics. You there's rolls with iframes and really impactful heavy weapons that you have to mm-hmm. really consider when you're going to attack and when you're going to guard and move back and um, you know you have to really watch out for traps. And instead of like Dark Souls, where there might be stuff behind corners, well, there's really no concept of a corner in right. a two-dimensional space. So instead, they have traps and, st- and things that aren't well okay what's the best way to explain this so like you know how in a lot of 2d games um things on the map like health pickups or something are clearly delineated from everything around them um they might glow or have an outline or be more vividly colored than the background and things like that um and sanctuary the traps are not clearly delineated from anything around them the the game is very detailed the two-dimensional art's very detailed. yeah. And so there's there might be a tripwire, but it's very subtle, and you really have well, like, to be looking closely to be able to see it. Did you ever play Limbo? I played minutes of Limbo.
1: Yeah, Limbo Limbo relied heavily on... I mean, it's it's kind of the opposite of that, I guess, because it was a very uh, uh, minimalistic game with, like, a two-tone style to it, and that's how they hid their traps, was that they were part of that foreground, which was all one color, like, black, against the against the background. You could see it, like, in retrospect, after you hit the trap, you're like, oh, well, there it is. But, uh, it was very hard to avoid uh, the, for the first time. And, and at the time, that, that game was pretty cool. I feel like it hasn't aged very well, but anyway, go on.
0: I mean, there wasn't much more to go on. I, I mean, I'm pretty early in the game. Uh, I think I'm on, like, the third or fourth boss right now. But... I'm enjoying it a lot, I've noticed just a little, some things like shields seem to be too powerful. Um, even <clears throat> bosses, you can just hold your shield up and only take one damage per attack. Um, so, yeah, it's not quite as finely balanced as, as Dark Souls, obviously. And it doesn't have the same... I don't know, what's, what's the word? The grandeur of Dark Souls. Yeah, that I think comes with the 3D uh, you can buy into a 2D world and really accept a lot of what it's trying to represent and uh, you know but still the feeling of actually walking into a huge Definitely, space yeah. is something that you can't replicate in 2D as well yeah Um. um so, some, yeah, someone, a in a,
1: someone in chat mentioned Hyper Light Drifter have you seen any of that game? Yeah.
0: yeah I have it's pretty neat, neat
1: but... looking. I do kind of want to check it out. Like, if it goes on sale pretty soon, I'll probably get it and check it out. Um, the thing that appeals to me, thats a, that game is a, it's like a top-down or isometric or whatever kind of looking, uh, uh, I guess, Souls-like game. It looks like a very challenging, uh, kind of, I, I don't know, that might be oversimplifying it, but... Um, the thing that appeals to me about that game is the style of it. Oh, yeah. If you just watch, you just watch the introductory cutscene to Hyper Light Drifter, I was instantly engrossed. I've heard people criticize it. I thought it was awesome. I, like, I liked every moment of it. It's, it's surreal and very stylistic. It has a very, very distinct look and feel, and uh, it, it made me instantly want to see more of it. Um, I really, really, really was impressed with the the introduction of that game. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. Um, So, yeah, that and Salt and Sanctuary are on the list.
0: Yeah. um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth saying about Salt and Sanctuary. Oh, the music. I think the music is not good. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to say, like, oh, yeah, it's got a really great soundtrack, but, no. Uh it's fine, but, okay, part of what makes Dark Souls so great is that each boss has their own memorable theme. Like, you know the Asylum Demon's theme and how that sounds, and you know Ornstein and Smo, and so far, and maybe this changes, I'm sure there's a couple that are different, but every boss has the same theme, and that theme is a very, like, muted replica of the Ornstein and smooth theme, where it's yeah. just like this, oh, boy. I don't really know how else to imitate it than just a whole that, bunch that, of that loud drums good. and yeah. choir stuff. So uh, I just, I, I turn the music off, and I listen to my own music. Already. I've, I've only been playing it for a few hours. It's not breaks. bad. I don't I don't want to say it's bad. It, the, it fits the atmosphere, but not it's, it's clearly like a knockoff Dark Souls soundtrack. The rest of the game justifies itself, I think. It's a lot like Dark Souls, but it's 2D and sets itself apart in a way. But the music isn't the same in that way. Like The visuals are are a whole new perspective. It's not 3D, it's 2D, and it's all hand-drawn. But music is just music. You hear it, and they're doing the same synthesized orchestral Instruments that Dark Souls does, but just way worse, and the melodies aren't as good. And yeah, I don't, you know.
1: I feel like someone could make a very good rogue-like Souls-like
0: game. Rogue-like Souls-like. Well, uh, I don't think so. Why not? All right, I think it'd be a lot harder than it sounds, because one of the worst parts of Souls games. ...overall that I can remember, and I'm including Dark Souls 2 here, so, (laughs) prepare, is the Chalice Dungeons. The Chalice Uh. Dungeons were just limp and throwaway, and, you know, it was procedurally generated for being a procedurally generated set of dungeons. They were about as good as they could be, but, like, the fundamental problem with them It wasn't that they were bland and similar to each other, which they were. It was that there wasn't a story to uncover as you explored. When you walked into the next room, it wasn't some new place for you to discover. It was just an area in a game. But what
1: if the game... So, okay, have you ever played um, uh, Spelunky? Yeah. What if Spelunky had... Assault and sanctuary type combat system with more enemies and stuff, and you were like you were looking for good weapons and stuff that could help you out. Like it had that kind of spelunky sense of progression. Okay. Uh, and and the spelunky sense of competing against your friends and that kind of thing, where like it keeps a scoreboard and has a daily challenge and that kind of thing, and but with like I didn't like spelunky. Like whipping the enemies and stuff was never felt good in Spelunky, And what if that yeah. was more like the focus? What if like the combat system was actually a system, and it was more focused on beating enemies rather than just exploring the level? Um, I don't know. I think that could be pretty cool.
0: Okay, yeah. you're right. It would be hard. I think
1: it would be hard no matter what. But um, I guess
0: I think I was trying to rein in the definition of Souls like a little too much. You know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But if if we're treating Souls like as being that you know, the, system, punishing the combat, combat system is yeah, what I'm thinking then, of. That, that's doable. I think that's, yeah. that could be cool. I would want to play a game like that. Someone do it. Yeah, now that I re- think back to Spelunky, I think some of the worst stuff in Spelunky was the, the like, dealing with enemies and...
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it never felt good. It felt like challenging in a uh, clunky kind of way to me. Um, and I'm sure you get used to it because you play it for hours and hours and hours, but like... If there was a lot more nuance to it, and it felt more like a yeah, like a, like a Souls game, where that that satisfaction of that, that would be pretty cool.
0: Yes, yes, it would. Uh, All right. Well, oh, you know what? I got more. Okay. I started playing Parappa the Rapper, too. Oh yeah,
1: I saw you were streaming that. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I'm pissed. Skip, I'm pissed. You wanna know why? Because yeah. there's input lag. Wow. Yeah, on a rhythm game. Um, (laughs) I bought it on PlayStation 4. I purchased it, downloaded it, fired it up to play, and I love rhythm games. I really love them. I play the drums in real life. I absolutely adore the Rhythm Heaven series, Rhythm Doctor, obviously we talked about that too. Um, Perfected everything in those games. I love rhythm games. Love them. And just immediately, playing Parappa the Rapper 2 on PS4, you can just feel it. There's a noticeable delay of when you press the button and when it registers the hit. And that's unacceptable. You can't play a rhythm game like that. Yeah, definitely. I'm able to clear the levels, but I just know that I'm like trying to game the system. Like I'm intentionally pressing the button earlier than I know that I have to. The inputs that they require of you in Parappa the Rapper... Are simple enough that you can do that. Um, You don't need to really, uh, you know. They're
1: those are not challenging. They're not Guitar Hero or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they come
0: at you very, very fast. You can plan out pressing the button early if you devote your mind to it. But still, it just it's all in the mind. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't feel good to play it with that delay. Um, So. I downloaded an ISO of it afterwards to try to play on a PC emulator of a PS2, and that, at first was bad, but I adjusted <laughs> some settings, I adjusted some settings and managed to get the input delay almost entirely gone.
1: That's so shameful. Way way, 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 way better
0: on the, PS, on the PlayStation 2 emulator on PC. Ugh, way less that's imple- shameful. shameful. But There's more. But, um, there are graphical issues that in the second song with the um, Master Chop on television singing about romance, uh, sometimes the prompts will just disappear. And so you just have no idea what buttons you're supposed to press. Yeah. So it's essentially unplayable on both versions. Maybe there's some settings I can change to make that not happen on PC. Usually with
1: rhythm games, there's a setting you can change for like input lag, specifically for that, where it's like, oh, well, here's where you're pressing the yeah. button and here's how long it takes.
0: Usually there are, but not until like after Guitar Hero era. These sure. rhythm games, Parappa the Rapper and Parappa the Rapper 2, were like part of that old era where you were expected to be playing it on a playstation 2 on a crt television and yeah. so there wasn't going to be no lag, lag at all somebody yeah. said try plugging the ps4 into a computer monitor or something those usually have less input lag well let me tell you i have it plugged into my one millisecond response time computer monitor and there was still input lag really bad input lag
1: yeah, it sounds like whatever emulator they're using is probably causing it.
0: They shouldn't sell the game like this.
1: Yeah, that's that's shameful.
0: It's it was really disappointing cuz the songs are just so fun and lighthearted in that game and it was I was really excited to just get into um get into that and you know it was ripped out from under me.
1: That's one of those games, perhaps the rapper one. Is one of those games that like I discovered thinking that it was this obscure thing that nobody knew about. Because what it was, I had it on a PlayStation 1 demo disc. I had the, the Onion Karate class yeah. song on that demo disc. So it was in there with like a bunch of other games and stuff. And I just discovered it and I was like, this is the weirdest fucking thing ever. And as a kid, you just kind of take it at face value. It's like, it's not it's not so bizarre that you're like blown away. It's just kind of like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And then only like, and then like years later, I discovered that like, oh, it was a thing, like that, like a lot of people knew about. I always thought that like I, I had been the only one to know about it, and that like I had played this weird thing and been like, oh, uh, that's that's strange. <laughs> um, yeah, but it think is Games a very have a lot of game.
0: freedom to be
1: weird. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they need to be weird.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, right. and I, I picked up Rhythm Heaven Fever again, I mean, not much more to say about that, but I finally restored my perfect save file, so I'm trying the Endless Remix, just trying to get the world Good record. For you. I'm, I'm going for the world record. Alright. And I think I can do it. Is the world record not perfect? There is no perfect, so the Endless Remix just goes on oh, forever endless, endless. until you fuck up. Oh, wow. So, I think I, think I can do it. What's the world record? I think it's like a thousand some. I got up to um like, like 5 miles. How long, so that, how long does try. that take? Uh I think it was like 10-15 minutes for my okay. like 400 or so run. That's doable. Yeah, I think I can do it.
1: I was expecting like 2 hours.
0: <laughs> no, it's a, it's so obscure because it's not like, you know, speedrunning a game where everybody yeah, can start yeah. the game and realize how fast it is. The Endless Remix, you don't even unlock until you perfect everything in the game. Yeah. So very few people even have played the Endless Remix, much less tried to go for a world record. So I'm pretty sure it's this one guy like Pablo Avisado on YouTube who uploaded perfects of all the songs in that game. He has the world record, and uh, I'm taking it. Did oh, you hear that, Pablo? Coming after you. I, I don't even know if he still <laughs> does any of this. It was like 2008 <laughs> I, or- 12, I think I you, know, I, I think you watch this podcast. So, so Pablo? Too. Calling you out, Pablo.
1: We're coming for you. Shots! Alright. <laughs> okay. Do you have any news?
0: Uh, Doom came out.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna mention too. Okay. <laughs> I've actually heard very good things about Same. the Same.
0: I most, wanna play it now. Th- yeah, the most cynical person I know on the internet, Carlos... <laughs> yes. carlos mencia peanut jesus um he bought it he bought it at 60 bucks and he says he absolutely loves it and yeah. we watched the trailer for it together live when it was um at that bethesda press conference at i EA. remember talking about it yeah. and, and, us, and, like, was and really everybody said it, and we, it we looks like, like hey, shit all right. i didn't think it looked well, it looked kind of alright. It had issues. It right, had issues. right. The issues were Mainly like how long the, the animations took. The animations, yeah. But that trailer was actually just because they were playing it in a way where it's like, you know how they do all those gameplay demos for any first-person shooter where they, they take the camera real slow and they go, Yeah. Look at this environment. Yeah. And then they yeah. slow down at the end and then, Huh? There's an enemy here? Pew, pew. And they do it really methodically so they can show you everything. It was a
1: really bad way to demonstrate it. Terrible,
0: especially considering the type of game it is. Because just tonight, Carlos sent me um, gameplay footage of the actual single-player game. And it's not like that at all. It is so fast. Yeah. Never a second with the hands off the movement keys. Just running around super fast, jumping around, shooting all these crazy guns and... It looks like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Um, I still don't love the, the kill animations or whatever, but I do like that they have a, a very significant gameplay significance. Yeah. In that, like, you're getting health or ammo from it, and so you have to, and I think you're vulnerable while doing it, so I guess you have to be, like, careful of, like, when to do it and how to do it. In such a way that you're safe and and when and do it when you need to do it but not when you don't um so it adds a level of strategy Uh that uh that a modern game probably needs when it's emulating an old game that didn't have that level of strategy because it it, not as much was expected from from the player
0: yeah Uh, they they call them glory kills yeah and uh one of the things Carlos told me about the game, he sent me also a song from the game, and it was really, really good. It reminded me of the Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack. <laughs> it was tight. Tight. It's really over tight. the top, and I like that. Yeah! Um, and the music like swells when you get a glory kill, and then it'll drop back down to just some of the tracks of the song, and it looks like a really, really well-made single-player shooter, and I want to play it.
1: Yeah. I was getting more and more negative on it after that initial debut. Especially when the multiplayer beta happened and, like, everyone was yeah, super down on that. Uh, I was thinking... And then they didn't send out review copies, and it's like, well, shit. <laughs> this is obviously a, a failure. Um, and then suddenly, like, everyone's glowing about it. So, that, uh, it's definitely gonna be... <laughs> that Penny Arcade comic,
0: The Controversy Day... How uh,
1: is that controversial, man? That comic... It was, I thought it was mildly humorous, yeah. pretty on point,
0: and 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 generally unoffensive too. Like it didn't. Right. <laughs> the news post that went along with it, even though it was pretty overwritten, that was a
1: fucking pretentious ass. It news was, post it
0: was. But there was some good content in it, namely that uh, <laughs> games journalists on gaming websites tend to treat new releases as just like launch pads for creative writing projects
1: yeah yeah definitely did you see the uh this is kind of tangential to that but it re- relates to gaming journalist websites did you see the polygon gameplay footage of doom
0: no what,
1: what, imagine, what, 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 what. imagine putting first of all imagine buying doom for a console okay instead of a mouse ma- so you can't play it with a mouse and keyboard and then giving the controller to your little sister oh. and having her play the game. that That is what it Wait, was like.
0: I think Carlos was telling me about this, but he didn't mention it was Polygon. Was it it's like. Polygon and it Polygon. Like it looked like an old man who couldn't yeah, move and look at the same time. Yeah, doesn't understand okay. how the
1: controls work and is trying to do one thing at a time. It's, it is shocking. Oh, I'm really looking bad. at it
0: right now. <laughs> it's instantly,
1: noticeably like, bad, like terrible. Uh. It's unbelievable that they filmed that and said, "All right, that's gameplay footage." Put it up. <laughs> like it's, it's it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm uh, <laughs> looking at it right now. That is, that's really bad. Yeah. I don't it's, think it's. I don't think they ever look around and move at the same time.
1: It's it's really shameful. It's really shameful. It really is like watching someone's sibling play a video game that, for the first time. Yeah.
0: Like I um, I let my mom play PT once, and that it reminds me of how she was moving around in that yeah. game where yeah. they just can't really understand that you can move and look at the same time yeah they um, can't
1: I, they just don't have that that feel to it yet
0: it, it's it's just incredible polygon has hired
1: someone maybe it's an intern i don't know but someone who doesn't know how to play fps games period they wouldn't be able to play call of duty like <laughs> they would fail at that like that it's just Wow. Holy shit.
0: Oh! Zeke and a PT. Disaster struck.
1: Oh no. Did you lose your PT?
0: I lost my PT. My My PT got corrupted. I tried to launch it, and it gave me an error code. And I tried everything, and, you know... I had to delete Someone it. out there is but working super no, there's hard there's a twist. PT. There's a twist! Well, sure. On PC or whatever. Redownload. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's gonna happen eventually.
0: But there's a twist. I got it back. This is what I had to do. There's a program that you install on your PC and then you use your PC's IP as a proxy on your PS4. You know how when you um you know how when you uh connect to a Wi-Fi network on your PS4 and it asks you if you want to use a proxy and who the hell would ever do that? Well, yeah. here's a use for that. You put in your PC as the proxy and then it tricks your PS4 into thinking that it's downloading PT from the official Sony servers, but it's not. It's downloading it from somewhere else through your PC. And so I was able to re-download PT and I got I got to play it. Where did you get it from? You can't do it. You need to have it posted it. You need to have it in your PSN library, unfortunately. So it's so the You're a robot. Can't hear you. Yeah, you sound like a robot. No. Okay. That's okay, I can talk to a robot. Anyway, uh. Uh. Oh, and.
1: Oh, yeah, it's like, it's so, like,
0: what can be overridden just by the whole process and the back of the games. I didn't really understand what you said, um, Cyborg Skippy, but. Um. It's pretty easy to re download if you fucked it up. <coughs> He's here, he rejoined the mumble. Hello? 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 Now I can't even hear you at all. So, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna unmute you in Skype.
1: Un- okay. Oh no, that's working! Good, 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 good. You had to unmute me in Mumble. Am I okay now? Yeah. Weird. That was weird. Cause Skype was fine.
0: Yeah. Alright, whatever. Somebody said that they were on the stream where I redownloaded it. It was intense. I was, <laughs> I was really fucking upset <laughs> that my PT had been corrupted.
1: I would be really upset too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but you know what? This actually has it, it's made me a lot more secure about PT because now I know that if my hard drive fails, before I thought if I drop my PS Four or something, PT is gone forever. I can get my other games back, but PT is gone. If my so hard I'm still drive confused. messes up, is it on? their servers? No, it's not on Sony servers anymore. So, uh, you download this very small utility on your PC and then your PS4 connects to your PC and your PC downloads PT. I'm not sure where PT is actually hosted.
1: <laughs> Do you think it's just some person
0: hosting it? I, yeah, I'm pretty like sure. Like
1: they've just, they've just, yeah, they've just extracted yeah, the there's files? Yeah, there's
0: a PKG file okay. of PT that somebody ripped close to when, the, like, the announcement came out that you wouldn't be able okay. to get it anymore.
1: It's not just coming from from some, like, weird server in Sony that they've turned off, but no, if it detects no, no, that no, you no. have the game, right. yeah, that that would be bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's just on some guy's server somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so right. I don't know how long this method will work, but the, at least until they change the way proxies work on PS4, maybe they never will, because I don't think Sony... Has a very strong incentive to stop people They're from downloading PT. Down on exactly. It. Yeah, what would yeah. what would be the possible benefit of doing that?
1: Yeah, and Konami is hurt their relationship ridiculous. with Konami.
0: Konami has no relationship with any gaming <laughs> company anymore. Like. Yeah. So yeah, it's I'm pretty excited, or not not excited, but excited is the wrong you're, word. You're totally. Relieved. I'm relieved, and I also am just more secure <laughs> knowing that so long as I have access to my PSN account, I'll be able to play PT. Oh. All
1: right.
0: So now, if I want to buy a PlayStation Neo, I can safely upgrade to it. I will oh, never buy it. But, okay, you know what? You know what might not compel me, but make me tempted to buy one? Is if I could play Bloodborne in 60 frames per second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think if I could play Bloodborne in 60 frames per second, then it would unambiguously be the best game in that series. Alright. But that is a legitimate problem. <laughs> I mean Definitely. Anyway. Uh, anything else to talk right. about? Or are we...
1: <sighs> I don't have shit.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, to episode 74 of the Push to Shout podcast. Um, I might stream some Salt and Sanctuary after this. I'm going to go straight to bed. Okay. Skippy's going straight to bed. If you want, tune in to twitch.tv slash salt for some salt and sanctuary <laughs> action. Good night, everybody.